esos. Hey, boys and girls, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Sunday evening here, show number 151 of the Pucknologists on Teal Town, USA. That's right, the unfiltered, unedited, uncensored, commercial-free Sharks podcast. And uh, it was somewhat of an eventful or uneventful, depending on your take. <laughs> depending on who you ask. Yeah, yeah, one game this week. It was a, it was a, good, it was a good game. Uh, oh, the Tampa one? <laughs> yeah dude oh okay awesome. i wasn't sure if you were talking about that at the all-star it's all good but first uh before we get into that hey do us a favor remember to subscribe follow us on that social media and blah 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 blah. you know where we are if you want to put something in the tip jar it's all good we appreciate it super chat all that stuff it's all cool so you're, uh, <laughs> you're you're the way that you read through all of that nice addition to the mic stand by the way thank you the the way you read through all of that kind of reminds me of like the referee during or the linesman during the third period of an all star game right before a, a seven day break where it's like I'm not blowing the whistle keep it going yeah yeah because <laughs> we have next week off I think that's you uh, know, not a big secret so you know we're trying to get to our winter vacation if you will no doubt and our bye week <laughs> dude and what's so funny here is we're like I've been planning this show since you know since like the last day or so, mm-hmm. <clears throat> putting together some of the notes. But the the big notes that I wanted to go over were like the odds of the Sharks making the playoffs, right? Sure. And where they look, and and who comes along on my Ooh. Twitter feed? We got Shang tweeting out, "How long are the Sharks playoff odds, dude? Get your own content." <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I'm just kidding, Shang. What else is there to talk about? Ugh. But uh, so if you remember, everybody, there was a bet and you can see right here, it's been paid off. (laughs) I have the five dollars. You know, I'm not. Here's the thing. And I don't feel good about taking it to be to be honest with you. Well, and here's the thing. I'm not that upset about like I'm not upset about losing. Right. I made a wager. I failed. It was fair and square and we're all good. No problem. I I have no issue losing. The thing that kills me about this whole bet, there's two things. Number one, so we're looking at an eight-game sequence, and I said three wins out of eight. Mm-hmm. Well, they won twice, so it's like you're almost there. You know what I mean? But on the sa- at the same time, game Pittsburgh, Seattle, Florida, Carolina, Tampa 2.0, five of those six losses were in reach oh dude and i had so many chances to rub your face in the dirt <laughs> and i didn't get it <laughs> I, I don't know that that's the nicest way to look at that <laughs> but, that's why i'm upset though i'm not mad that i lost i'm mad that i almost won <laughs> no, it seems like you're really mad that you don't get to rub my face and something <laughs> which is I mean, not cool <laughs> do, you, I'm, I, do you see me rubbing your face in this i invite you to oh okay I uh, want the $5 taped to my mic stand. <laughs> well, I think what we have to do next time is you have to say, no, there could have been 16 points. I say they take six. Yeah, no kidding, eh? Then I think you would have been there. So let's uh, let's do it, guys. Uh, 
was one game. We all know what it is. Through 46 games so far, the Sharks are 22, 20, and 4 for 48 points. With those 48 points, last time I looked, although who knows, <laughs> last I looked, Sharks are 6th in the Pacific, 5th mm-hmm. in, the, in the wild card. And if you go by points percentage, as things start to, you know, we, we see Calgary and Edmonton, certain teams starting to get their games in hand out of the way, the Sharks' points percentage, also 6th in the Div, fifth in the wild card yeah especially i mean the team that i kind of laser in on is calgary right calgary is four points up on the sharks and they got four games in the hand yeah dude calgary could be eyeballing vegas in a big way and yeah pacific division motherfucker <laughs> you know <laughs> i like and i think we both weren't really that high on the flames at all and yet here they are you know they're proving us wrong I think I might have had them in the in the top four, but I had them. You know, it was everybody had Vegas and Edmonton as you know one and two, and then for me it was kind of like, well, L.A. and Calgary would probably fight for that third spot. Right, but it's I don't know. It's just so crazy to me because even you look at like you know plus thirty two on the goal differential, like they're uh, scoring dude, most shutouts. And the, most shutouts, it's like how are they not first? You know, <laughs> no doubt. Oh boy. It, if if Mark Stone or something significant goes out for Vegas for a hot middle minute, or if you know Eichel is not the end all be all, if if Vegas just gets a little skid, just saying. Well, and now you know, people people are saying that uh, <clears throat> many many people. Yeah, you know that that Calgary was the runner up for Jack Eichel. Well, now it's kind of like, you know, I I don't want to get into the T too much, but. I heard somebody casually say Giroux and Calgary in the same sentence. Ooh, that could. <laughs> Can yeah. you imagine Hurdle ends up in Calgary? <laughs> Dude. Uh, so let's get back to the Shark Show uh, quick here. Three, four, and three in their last 10, one, two, and two in their last five. They're still mm-hmm. three and three in those divisional games, but a whole ton loader coming up between now and the deadline. Last I mm-hmm. checked, I think nine of their next 13 are divisional games, which, let's be honest, that's going to be the make or break uh, for this season. Coming into that deadline, you have to make some choices, and you're going to make them based on your standings. Uh, my predictions, I went one and one this week. It wasn't that hard. <laughs> uh, 46 games. I had them at, with 22 wins, 24 losses. They have 22 wins in... 20 losses for overtime losses. Still, that's 22 wins, 24 losses. So, Dude. I just, so I just want to clarify here. You said you you're saying you were one and one and one, as in one right, one wrong, or you were one four one. I'm sorry, one four one. My okay, bad. I was I was wanted to make sure. I was like, did I miss the game? Yeah, <laughs> sorry, my bad. Uh, let's get into the Tampa game real quick here. It's three, two overtime loss. Uh, you know, Reimer starts his fifth straight. Although I got to say for all the talk of like, well, you don't want to burn out a goalie or anything. Reimer's still looking damn good. Well, and how much have we, how much do we talk about guys that in a weird way, like they, you play them more and they kind of are refreshed and then tired and then they move past tired and they're like refreshed again. Yeah. That's, you know, and I think, yeah. And I think Reimer is one of those guys where he's, 
he's thrived the more he's played. Whereas like you remember when they were doing the one up, one down kind of thing with Hill and Reimer, like Reimer was good, but he would have a doozy every so often. Yeah. And lately I feel like it's just been all good. Well, see, ever since that blowout at SAP against the lightning where he mm-hmm. got, where he got yanked, uh, chief's been f- for me, like <laughs> you were saying it earlier. It's like, Oh my God, it's a, a three or three, two loss with Carolina or two, one loss. Two one. Two one. You got five four against Florida. Two one against Pittsburgh. Yeah. Three two with Tampa. I mean, just it's you can't really blame all of this shit on Reimer. <laughs> it's like just <laughs> yeah. manufacture one more goal, guys. Do something here. Um not Score the, on the power play, maybe? Yeah, that too. Um not an again, and this this keeps coming up. Not the greatest game for Burns. Uh, you know, yeah. poor change. Burns doesn't get enough stick. Sorelli Makes it one nothing, but your man's balsers tips on the pickle. <laughs> Whose shot. man's is this? Whose <laughs> man's is this? Uh, but look, the the thing about this this game, the Tampa game. Let's be honest, it was it was some questionable officiating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, holy cow! Look, Couture did score on the power play, first goal in nine games. We called him out last week. Dude responded, gets an assist as well. Mm-hmm. They did go one for three on the power play. Three for four on the PK, uh, but dear lord, the I, I don't understand how Meyer gets corkscrewed and gets called for embellishment. That's the that's the thing that kills me, at, for two reasons. Number one, I, our friend Ian Reed always says, "How is it like? How can you be tripped and embellish something? Like it's one or the other or neither. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But also, how can you?" Like, if you're a referee or a linesman or whoever, how can you look at somebody and say, oh, yeah, he embellished that? Like, you didn't go through it. For all you know, he legitimately did catch his or uh, lose his balance and fall down. And, okay, it looks weird to you, but that doesn't necessarily mean it was weird, you know? Yeah. I, uh, um, unless it's like really egregious, you know, like like Marcia so getting tapped on the laces and then he flies into the third row, like that's pretty <laughs> egregious embellishment. But like for the most part, I don't know how you can look at something and say, yeah, he embellished that. When I mean, you're not in his head; you don't know what went on. Yeah, I I just thought that was to me there was no because f- there's sometimes you see like the obvious flop. You br- you bring right. up you bring up Marcia so, uh, you know, there there are more than a few clips of that guy. Like you're saying, gets a tap on the ankle and it's like sniper got him. So those I can I can see, but when you got a a stick like in between your legs giving you a love tap, you know, up against the boys, the right. tw- the twig and berries, and you get screwed. Okay, I'm, I probably could have phrased that better, but when you get corkscrewed, like I don't I don't understand how that worked out, but whatever. And then you have. Palat knocking off the net in overtime, no call. It just, again, I don't, I don't understand it. You haven't heard us talk about the officiating much at all this season. This is one where I go, oh, the fuck out of here. I wonder if the referees knew that there was a pending wager on our part. <laughs> That's what it was. They're like, oh, we got to get jerky. It's five dollars. Oh, oh, coming in hot. Taco Cruiser on the Super Chat. Thank you so much for the donation. Taco Cruiser asks, who contends sooner, Sharks or the Yotes? I'm I'm going to go with the Sharks just based on, I don't know if the Yotes are going to be around in three years. 
Jimmy. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. I think the Sharks as well because, I mean, I, I think the NHL personnel they have in place is better, right? Mm-hmm. And when I, I'm referring to obviously guys that aren't going anywhere, but also the – I didn't say also too. Um, <laughs> the uh, – <laughs> The, the guys that are coming up, you know, like, I mean, obviously the Sharks only have one guy that everybody's really thinking about, and that's William Eklund, but they're, the Coyotes don't have that yet. I mean, they've got a mountain of draft picks, so maybe the pendulum swings in seven months, right? But right now I think it's the Sharks. Well, one of the things that was the hot-button issue for the jerk man is why the hell isn't Balsas on the power play? <laughs> yeah, we all want to know that. We all wanted to know, so... After following the Tampa Bay game, I straight up asked him. Uh, yeah, just a couple, Bob. First off, considering how hot Balsas has been since he's returned from that injury, is there a reason why he's not seeing any time on the power play? Um, you know, th- to be honest with you, I think uh, it's not been out of the discussion. I think that, uh, um, you know, again, when you're off that long, you got to manage ice time, um, you know, and you don't want to overuse a guy because he's also on the penalty kill. He's playing on Cooch's line against their top lines. Um you know, I think he's a secondary power play guy. Uh, um, you know, that's where it's where he sort of tops out at. And uh, our second unit's been real good lately. So um, you sort of don't want to fix what's uh, what's not broken. And, you know, our power play has been good on this road trip. And uh, did you get uh, a satisfactory response on your inquiry about Palat knocking the net off an OT? Yeah, not really. I tried. I mean, I, I didn't. We were going a two on one on the other way, and and uh, usually the the call there is to to let the play play out before you blow the whistle. Um, you know, it wasn't us that knocked it off; it was them. And uh, I was a little shocked by that. And uh, um, you know, they sat there and tried to figure out where the draw was going to be. That wasn't my issue. What the draw was going to be inside or outside? It was why was the the whistle blown in the first place. Thanks, Bob. Thanks. So, there you have it, uh, Jerk. What do you say? You know, second power play unit, it's not broken. They don't want to fix it. Yeah. I mean, the power play is broken. I mean, lately it's been clicking. top unit is. Lately it's been clicking, but generally speaking over the season, it has been broken. Here's the thing. I, I like what Bugner said because, you know, even, you know, he took the time to answer your question. And he answered it very well, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think the answer he gave was a good answer. I personally was not a fan of, like, I'm not a, I don't like the rationale for keeping him off the power play, but I understand it. Like, I see where he's coming from. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Right. Like, I understand it, but that doesn't mean I like it. You know, I'd love for him to be on the power play. As you said, you know, he's the hottest player on the Sharks right now, but I appreciated where Bob was coming from and kind of his rationale behind the situation. I appreciated it, even though I might not have liked it. Yeah. And I, I like the, the explanation about the Palat thing. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I got to ask, but yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> I, don't I, like it, how, but... I, I, I like how he said to him, he was like, you know, I tried. Like, <laughs> he was kind of just looking out for everybody out there. <laughs> he was like, I tried for you guys. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, the one, I guess, silver lining you can take away from this is Mario Ferraro and Jacob Middleton returned. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ferraro, I mean, what can you say about that kid? Warrior. Dude. Total warrior. Everything that he had to go through. You know, here's the thing that really is a a kick. The fact that he gets his grill rearranged in Carolina, or is that right? Carolina? Mm -hmm. Yeah, in Carolina, they don't have, um, no, 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 no. 
I'm 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 no, misremembering this. Yes, he, yeah, he got his grill rearranged in Florida. He's got to deal with that because they don't have like the dental surgeons that they need for him mm-hmm. because they're all at a dental convention in Carolina. So, <laughs> Worked out. Yeah, that but that is so bizarre. Ruzanowski mentioned that during the game, and I was just like, that is the oddest thing I've ever heard. But for Chief to come back like that. That's just like the, the fact that he went to Bugner and said, I want to play like, Oh my God, dude, just give him the C already. <laughs> Oof. So that, uh, wraps up Tampa. You know, we, we got things that are, uh, coming down the pipe, which we'll get to momentarily. You know what we haven't talked about in a hot minute is the youth the, the 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 little guys, if you. I don't want to say the little guys, but the, the the you know the farm, the farm, if you. Yeah, those guys. You know what I'm saying. Ooh, Barracuda. I I hate to break it to you, the Barracuda suck. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, not good. Dude, fourteen twenty four and one. The bottom of the division, worst team in the AHL. Uh, but let's just bang it out real quick because there's just, unfortunately, not a lot of good to talk about on the farm. Uh, Scott Reedy still leading with goals, 18 points at 27. Nick Merkley taking over the assists uh, at 17. And Sachenko, of course, up with the Sharks while Hill is on IR. Although I think I might have saw something that he came off. He, yep, he is off the injured reserve, and Sachenko is actually back with the Barracuda now. There you go. Because uh, post-All-Star break, the taxi squads are all dissolved. Nice. So, yeah, it's it's not good. I don't know why this team is this bad. I wonder if it has to do with something with coaching, but I digress. <laughs> Uh, the prospects, uh, not much movement in, uh, in, you know, in your top ten. Uh, yeah, movement in the top ten. <clears throat> Sure, but within the top ten, I uh, mean, yeah, a little the bit. Top ten, the top ten have been the top ten, which sounds weird, but that's a good thing, right? Yeah, hey now, like I'm Brandon Co. You know, he's chief. He's got some things to say. <sighs> Seventy points in forty-two games. Yeah, hot damn. Uh, Tristan Robbins, twenty goals, fifty-six points in thirty-eight games. Uh, Gannon LaRock out there with 39 points in 41 games. Daniil Gushkin, 38 points in 29 games. And Cardwell, 35 points in 31 games. So, I mean, there's a good amount of players here that are point per game or better. I just want to know, and it's not it's not his fault, but, like, is William Eklund going to score this year? <laughs> Dude, nine assists in 14 games. You know, yeah, he, 14 games, got a donut on the board. With Durgarden, nine games with the Sharks, donut on the board. I thought I read something about him though that they're likening him to more of a of a Joe Thornton kind of a guy where he's you know he's going to be that feeder. Sure, and that's fine, but I mean Joe Thornton still scored scored goals, right? True, and and the thing is, it's it's hard to assign all the blame to him. I mean, we've talked about it before, and you know, Lacey, Kevin Lacey, our buddy, has talked about it before. Durgarden sucks. Yeah, like the, it's bad. Yeah, like, they're almost as bad as the Cuda. Well, and their leading goal score, their leading point scorer is Marcus Sorensen, if you can believe it. Fuck uh, you know, and one of their goalies is actually the starting goalie, Mantis Armalis, who famously played poorly with the Barracuda. 
<laughs> like, you know. Hey, I see a trend. Yeah. Yikes. So that's the way it shapes up for the youth. Uh, if anything changes, we'll let you know. This, it's going to be something we do first show of every month. Not enough is changing for us to dive in every show. So just first of the month, let us know. And go, hey, what's going on with the young? And we go, oh, yeah, let's go take a look at them. So it comes down to the jerk man in Vegas. Well, do we want to talk about anything else? Uh, I mean, we'll get to some stuff around the NHL, but sure. let's, uh, let first off, let's kind of start with your thoughts on the fan fest. Cause you were at San Jose. Yep. You were at Vegas. Yep. Much of a difference? No. Uh, all right the then. Ven- <laughs> the ven, the venue was larger. The Las Vegas convention center is really epic. Actually. It's, it's quite large. Um, I thought it was a bit hilarious. So, and and here's the thing to get into it a little bit. We're only 21 minutes in. We have so much time. Uh, <laughs> for those who don't know me, I'm a bit of a planner when it comes to going places I've never been before. Like, I will pull up on a map and say, okay, I'm going here. You know, what's the closest parking garage? And I will map my directions to that parking garage. So, you know, I mapped to the parking garage that's next to the convention center and I wheel up and I guess, I don't know, somehow I ended up like on the wrong side of the entrance, you know, um, (sighs) where you, you were supposed to like, you know, you come in and then you turn right into the lot. And I was like opposite. So like my car was facing the back of where you pay. Oh dude, I've pulled that one. Cause in Vegas, man, you take a wrong turn. It's you've seen, what's the TV show where it's like, you know, Three hours later. Or <laughs> yeah. I've, yeah. I've done that where I've like taken a wrong turn in Vegas and then it's like three miles later. So, yeah. And so Chief walks up to my car and he's like, oh, I'm like, hey, like, you know, can you like, can I pay right here or do I need to like go up and turn around? And he was like, well, are you, what are you doing? Cash or card? And I said card. And he was like, yeah, you'd have to go around. He's the only guy with the with the with the scanner. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. No problem. I'm getting ready to wheel out. And he's like. But, you know, that lot right over there, that lot is free to park in. <laughs> hey, now. And, and so I'm like, but let me. And so I was like, let me get this straight. The lot next to the convention center is $10. But the lot that's next to the lot next to the convention center is free. And the guy was like, yeah, I threw my car in reverse. And I was like, Psh, right back. I'm like, and I, you know, I tell, I told AJ this off camera. I told my fiance as well. Like, if I'm going to, you know, three minutes of walking going to save me 10 bucks. Sure. Does that Hell make me yeah. cheap? Does that make me cheap? I don't care. Save him ten bucks. Walk three minutes. Nice out. Whatever. Dude, I just look at that. I'm like, oh, that's a beer. Yeah, there you go. But you know, the fan. I mean, the fan fest. It, it was. If you went in San Jose, it was very similar experience. That that's not to say it wasn't fun, but it was very similar. You know, I got the got a picture with the Stanley Cup. You know, got a autograph. Had a stop and chat with Rick Tockett, which was cool. Um, you know, did some of the obstacles, went to the fan shop, you know, spent way too much money in there. <laughs> um, got to do pin trading, which was fun. There weren't a lot of cool pins on the board to swap with, but I didn't, uh, did end up making one swap. So that was, that was good. What'd you um, do? Uh, I had, so funnily enough, I had a, I had a pin that I picked up from the 2019 all-star pin trading. Um, I would have to look, I, I brought like a sandwich bag full of the pins I wanted to offload. 
And I don't even remember which one I put up there, to be honest. But I know I got it from the 2019 one. And I was able to swap it out for, like, a Evgeny Malkin, like, jersey pin. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I was like, that was, you know, to me, that was a win because I like Evgeny Malkin. Um, I have to say, big. I, I know you're going to, you know, you're going to be kicking and screaming. But, you know, I have to give props to the... Uh, to the organization running the merchandise. Um, I'm not going to say their name, but you know, I give them props because they fumbled the pass when it came to jerseys and player tees in San Jose and they made up for it this time around. So they, they learned from their mistakes. Yes. I give them props. Even though we are not the biggest fans of them, we're also true and honest people. Only took them a couple of years. <laughs> right. No, who's to say what happened in 2020 in St. Louis. I don't know. I wasn't there. Um, but the fan fest was cool. I, if you can believe it or not, the the 55 degree temperature when I was leaving uh, was actually quite comforting because it was hot as hell in the convention center. Like I was dying waiting in line for the Stanley Cup. Oh yeah, because that's how they sell that. Uh, you know all those beverages. Yeah, and you know it's. Oh, let me ask you this, because this is something sure. that they had at 2019 for the cup thing. Is that they had the uh, what? It, I, don't, I don't even know, some sort of like take a ticket thing or like you you can go up there and the line is how you know five hundred deep or whatever and you can get like a, a little number or some shit and it says you know come back at two thirty and then you go into this other line where you kind of bypass all the schmoes. They did not have that. Oh, see that was that was very cool that they had that going. What is it? They have something like that at like, like a fast Dis- pass. Yeah, like Disneyland or whatever, right? Yeah, fast pass. Yeah, so they had yeah they had a fast pass at the 2019 uh, All Star Fan Fest. That that, that was may sweet. have that might have been an executive decision on the um, on the San Jose Convention Center because I could see a situation where it's like, hey, it's kind of small in here. We don't want a bunch of people clustering. True. True, but then again, we're also talking, we're COVID time now, so. Right, also a good point, but yeah, like I said, it was, it was big, you know, in the, the, the hall that they chose, the West Hall at the Las Vegas Convention Center, it was, like I, I, and I told Adrian this off camera, like, there were numerous spots where, like, you could just stand up there, and (laughs) this is exactly how I said it, like, you could stand there with your head up your ass, and you wouldn't be in anybody's way. Yeah, that was, that was not the case in San Jose. No, no, it was not. <laughs> Plenty of people um, with their head up their ass. Get out of the fucking way. <laughs> I noticed as well in San Jose, I feel like it was really easy to to acquire like swag, right? Mm-hmm. Where like you'd like, oh hey, you've heard of ESPN before? Here's a beer koozie. Yeah, you they know? were they were throwing shit at people. Where now it's like, oh, you got to do Plinko. Give us your email. Oh, stand in this line. Uh... To be be fair, there was a decent amount of that at San Jose, too. Sure, but I just remember... I remember having an easier time acquiring, like, free swag. I feel that. And and you decided against getting the upper deck card? Uh, Well, I never went back. So, you know, my plan was... I didn't do it when I was there just because the line was long and, you know, I was kind of itching to go. I had been there for close to three hours. Mm. And... So I was like, okay, you know, Saturday or Sunday, if I come back, you know, I'm going to, this is all I'm going to do while I'm here. And see, I, I, I ended up not making it back. See, I, if I remember correctly, I did that. Uh, we got in like right as doors opened on like the first day or whatever, because we had the, 
I, I don't know if they allowed like media to come in like an hour early or something. So, oh, yeah, man, that would have been cool. Yeah, I remember like buzzing through a couple things like real quick because there was nobody there because we had that that media access and there was you know uh, chiefs running around taking photos of everything before you know that they cracked the door. So that was sweet. Yeah, for sure. No, um, all in all, it was cool. It was fun. We're talking about FanFest here. But, <laughs> like four stars would do again. Right. Like, it was cool, and it was fun, but also very similar to 2019. That's not a bad thing. It's just nothing was new. Yeah. Uh, so what about the skills challenge? So there's a lot of stuff to get into with this. Skills challenge was cool. I felt like... Um, I felt like the time between skills was very long like so you know well, they me, started they started with the fastest skater mm-hmm. and it felt like they ripped through fastest skater really quick right oh and that's it, the way it was on tv as well yeah and then it's like okay we're going on to hardest shot and dude like so they do fast you know they go through the whole thing opening ceremony national anthem this is who everybody is blah 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 fastest skater boom done like you go through all this extra stuff then fastest skater is quick and then it's like, okay, when we come back, hardest shot. And they throw up on the board a seven-minute timer. I'm like, seven minutes? We just started. <laughs> like, why are we breaking for so long? Well, and I, uh, the, and no, there was they all they had to pull off the ice was those those curved like, uh, foam pads, so nobody ate it into the boards. Like that doesn't take seven minutes. No, not at all. So I'm just like, what are we drawing this out for? Well, were they doing? See, that was the thing that I was wondering: is did they pre-record? The uh, the the shots when they were having to uh, I don't even know what the hell it was called where you, you had the uh, the guys out on the uh, Bellagio water that was pre recorded they filmed it on Thursday and so did they show that while they were like changing from one event to the other at no they showed they showed it as it aired oh uh, but the I thought that would have made a lot of sense. But yeah, they showed they showed they showed the same way it aired on TV was the way it showed in the arena. Um, but, you know, it was I mean, it was still a cool event. The fan the fans were obviously really into it. You know, fan naturally, you know, fans are fans are going to, you know, cheer for the team that they're that they're there representing. They're going to boo the team that's a rival of, or of their team. Um, you know, Tom Wilson was getting regularly booed, which I thought was fun. Um Timo Meyer had a couple of boos um, when he was announced. I think a product of being on the Sharks. Of course. Um, the crowd, I will say, the crowd got hot for. Uh, they were really pumped when uh, in the Fountain Faceoff, uh, Jocelyn Lamoureux. Um, they were really pumped ab- about her time, um, which was awesome. You know, because she those guys she went before she kind of dusted them a little bit. Oh, so, dude. So I'm like, yeah, like this is awesome. You know, I was really pumped for her. Yeah. No, I was rooting for her as well. And what's funny is you talked about like Timo Meyer pulling some booze from the crowd. The first thing that popped in my head, of course, was just kind of like, oh man, could you imagine if this was, uh, you know, that Evander Kane, that, that, you know, that this is from last year and Evander Kane is the one representing the Sharks in the All-Star game? Because he obviously would have after what he did last season, right? Right. So you talk about booze. (laughs) those I think would have been a scotch louder yeah or imagine like imagine if the 2020 all-star game was in Vegas 
And uh, yeah, but no fans. No, I, I'm just saying, like in another reality. Yeah, like, exactly. Say the 2020 All Star Game was in Vegas, and Pavelski was still in the All Star Game. Like, I'm curious to know because there are some because there are some Vegas fans out there who think Pavelski had a ketchup packet in his helmet. Oh and, my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, for when you get knocked down by Cody Eakin, have that right. with you. Are you kidding um, me? No, you know, I thought the the skills I thought was really cool. I liked that. Um, the twenty two and tw- or the twenty one and twenty two, I thought was very cool. I agree, and I and I liked that the players were, they were you know kind of yupping it up with each other. I thought during the fountain face off, I think they were a little less energetic, right? Yeah, there were some people that said these guys are just short of a coma. It seemed like. <laughs> yeah. Um, and who was a oh, Stamkos was bitching about the cold. Yeah, which is I totally see where he's coming from because we in Vegas we've had pretty much since the end of November it's been a very friendly winter it's been like 65 66 67 for like six weeks and then of course the seven days leading up to the all-star break it's like the high is 52 uh, of course yeah. you know so it was like that wasn't like BS like it was freezing out there for sure <laughs> you know uh, <laughs> um, well I thought I thought the tandem save streak was kind of lame yeah but um, but that's another one where it just see where it was just like bam 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 but you know right i am i'm trying to like think of like I'll what credit, i'm trying to do i'll credit I'm, the nhl for at least speeding certain things up but yeah you talk about for that sure. seven minute clock thing and as ian mentions it's like yeah i gotta run those commercials gotta get that revenue right and i think they for the most part they did a really good job at filling the time between things like oh hey um you know we're at commercial right now so um you know this magician from the luxor is gonna do like a quick little trick for the fans only so that was cool i thought yeah um that's cool well i'm trying to I'm, i'm trying to think like go through each event and each happening and like okay what was i thinking about as this happened you know well Um, let's talk about the elephant in the room fuck john ham Okay. Oh, yeah, dude, rigged the vote. Yeah, given Petro 19 after, like, Zegras clearly, clearly won that. And the funniest part was that the Vegas Twitter account for the, you know, the Golden Knights, they posted something about winning that and then, like, had hidden replies turned on. Cause, of course. Because they knew they were going to get torched for it. And it's just like, oh, did they give this to you so they didn't have to apologize again? <laughs> I will say should have to apologize to the fans for that shit. You know what I thought was kind of a funny little thing? Um and not that anybody noticed or cared, right? Um but you know, at the media day, um which was Friday morning, I asked Timo Meyer. I asked him if he was going to shoot over 100 miles an hour. And he did. Barely, but he did. <laughs> so you know, I don't, I don't want to say that I put it in his mind, but you know, you know. <laughs> well, that just seemed like an odd, like that's. I don't know that that's uh, the the challenge that I'm putting Timo in. I would have put him in the accuracy or the blackjack one. Yeah. So I was, yeah, I was a little kind of, hmm, who, who's putting this together? I still love your idea of bringing in guys that aren't necessarily quote unquote all-stars like they don't obviously play in the all-star game but 
if they're a badass, you know, if they're a speedster, like take the the fastest guys from every team, you yeah. know. Like, well, and I and I thought like that's what they did with Trevor Zegris, and obviously that was a smart decision because his breakaway challenge was awesome. Oh yeah, like dude, if you watch the slow mo gif of how his puck. How the puck stayed on his uh, stick, dude. I spinning. thought he glued it on there at one dude, point. Dude, that was greasy. I'm like, I was, I had to watch that multiple times. And you know, like when you're, you know, you know, you try to be, you know, you don't want to be like up cheering, you know, cheering, you know, when you're when you're representing a brand there, and you know, but you know, me and a couple of the other people, you know, people up up top, we were like, we were kind of looking like, holy shit, like how did that stay <laughs> on his stick, you know, dude. Um, I loved that, and and I was. Uh... I was showing that to my wife, and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so here's the good news. This kid plays in the Pacific Division, which means we're going to see a lot of this kid. And so, like, who knows what else he's going to come up with. Here's the bad right. news. This kid plays in the Pacific Division. Right. It's, But you know what, though? I just hope that that brings some heat to the Anaheim Ducks, you know? Mhm. Yeah. I think kind of like what you're talking about um with the uh you know bringing in players who don't play in the All-Star game to participate like obviously they did that with Zegris. Um even the uh the the quote-unquote celebrity goalies for the the breakaway challenge, you know Wyatt Russell who is an actor but played pro hockey. Um and then uh Manon Rayom who the first woman to play in the NHL. I thought that was cool, like, and and even bringing in Jocelyn Lamro Davidson as well, like bringing in, you know, these unofficial all stars to kind of participate in the event. I think, I really think it added to to the entire experience. Yeah, and Putt guy saying early on in the Sharks' existence, all teams had a skills showcase to qualify to go to the skills tournament. Would that be something to do again? Absolutely. I just think in general, like the All Star Game is the All Star Game, but I think the skills competition, like. Just because you're an all-star doesn't necessarily mean you're skilled in one thing, right? Well, to me, you had brought it up before. It's like, why can't Noah Gregor, if he's the fastest one on the Sharks, why can't he compete in the speed challenge? Especially yeah. the way you're talking about where they were just blowing through it. I mean, hell, you know, I'm not saying like all 32 teams, but if the, you know, if each team does their own individual skills challenge and you take, I don't know, the top 10 and put them in. I mean, it would just make sense, right? Because isn't the point of like the point of the skills competition and, and, and Jeff Merrick said this on 32 thoughts. I, I see. I want to see the fastest skater in the NHL, not necessarily the fastest all-star. Well, and that's, that's kind of what he was saying was like the skills competition is supposed to answer questions but a lot of the time, the right answer isn't even represented. Exactly. And we talked about it. Noah Gregor. Is Noah Gregor the fastest skater in the NHL? I don't know, but he could be. Mm-hmm. Does Martin Furk? Martin Furk has been in the AHL most of the last few years. He hit a harder slap shot than Zdeno Chara's record. Man. See, I'd love to see him wheel out there. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's something that definitely needs to change. Uh, Can we talk about Jonathan Marchessault? Oh God, what about him? Like just the, the fact, the fact that, that he had to come in like last second, and I was like, oh, of course that's trite because he's a fan favorite there. 
They're, you know, it's a, oh, does Hurdle have more points? Man, maybe, you know, is Hurdle more deserving perhaps? But no, let's bring in the local boy. I get it. Fine. I Whatever. just, I just thought it was funny that, you know, he was part of the magic trick and he was trying to read that card, um, <laughs> you know, where it's like, and, and I was kind of like, oh man, it like is, <laughs> you know, has he been getting greased like the whole time? And he's like, can't read the card cause he's totally buckled. But <laughs> my fiance was saying like, what if he forgot, you know, part of the, the illusion, what if he forgot what division he was supposed to say? <laughs> and I was like, you know what, that's that's a good point. And the best part, he's just saying, saying uh, partly buckled. I love the fact that Peter DeBoer copped to, like, being a little hungover mm-hmm. during the All-Star game. That was I, sweet. I thought it was funny how, you know, Kaprizov, Kaprizov takes off his sweater. He's got the Ovechkin sweater on. And, you know... The ho the host is trying to interview him and, and Kaprizov's like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm yeah. just going. He's like, I'm out. Um <laughs> I'm busy. Yeah. Uh I thought Jack Hughes shot was really cool, like with the with the kid. Mm-hmm. I thought it, it it took a long time to like do what he wanted to do. But I thought it was cool, you know, having the kid and like they both threw their sticks in the crowd. Like I thought that was cool. That was the move. Yeah. Yeah, that was although the kid did pull a pretty cool move. And I want to say it was one of the celebrity judges. I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was John Hamm. I I think it was John Hamm. But you know, he they asked him like, oh, what do you think of Tiny Jack Hughes? And John Hamm was like, oh, I think he's going to be drafted by Arizona next year. Jesus. And I started, I was laughing when he said that, like to myself, obviously. But I'm just like, wow, he <laughs> he kind of just flamed the Coyotes there right in front of everybody. Well, it seems to be the thing to do right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it, it, let's be honest, it's low hanging fruit. And, you know, there's a lot of celebrity interaction, too. You know, um, you know, Alex DeBrinkett recruited Derek Carr, um, you know, and, and Alex Petrangelo had Carrot Top beacon him from the seats. You know, that was a planted thing. Yeah, um, both Vegas things. Yeah. So I, I like I thought the celebrity crossover was really cool. So and they the NHL during the commercials I don't know if they did on TV but in the arena they did actually run promos for the Pro Bowl. Uh I wasn't paying attention. Mhm. <laughs> well hold on why would they run Pro Oh I, no I guess it was on the same network. I don't know. Like I well, said but, I wasn't Well paying it attention. was on the same it was on the same network but also I'm talking about like on the Jumbotron. Uh, you know, oh they're like walk over and in Vegas. Yeah. yeah. They're like hey walk over and you know yeah. Hmm. Really quick though. When you were talking about bringing in other guys, like for the skills competition, and you're worried about timing and everything, mm-hmm. as much as cool as 21 and 22 was, isn't that kind of the same thing as the accuracy shooting, more or less? Yeah, but uh, I don't know, kind of a little more fun. Like you can, I mean, accuracy shooting. You know, if you fuck up that first shot, yeah, then it comes down to well, now I, you have to put some strategy in there. Right. You know, and Chief hit the, instead of hitting a, in an ace and he hits a three, all of a sudden, oh shit, now I got to hit an eight. And, but, you know, you, you got to start doing a little math. But I thought it was very cool. And, of course, my boy won. So that's all that matters. Yeah, he didn't miss a single shot. Dude. Yeah. Every, the, everything he said, he was like, I want to hit this. He hit it. He called all of his shots. Yeah. And, 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 and dude, Pavelski. It was. It's like okay. Here comes the the Pavelski stroking. It was the way he performed in that twenty one of twenty two. Then he, you got him crashing Myers media availability. 
mm-hmm. for the for I mean that was great. Then you got him uh, for the skills competition. I don't know, you know, I don't know if you noticed from being there live, but on TV they show you know Pavelski sidling up next to Meyer when they're doing mm-hmm. their skate around and stuff, and it's just like. Oh man, Sharks fans are just like trying to pull the knife out of their heart, just like oh. Well, and it's it's funny you mentioned the media availability. So we're and um, you know I uh, did they just like have to clear a path? They're like, okay, everybody, wait wait a second, we need to bring in well, so, somebody. So Myers' media availability it was about ten minutes long, um, and I, I filmed the whole thing on my phone. Maybe we'll put it on our YouTube or we'll do something with it. I got a couple. I got a couple voice memos as well. I just I did ask Peter DeBoer a question about Timo Meyer. Maybe that'll be a, a little Easter egg if you stick around. Nice. Um, so Timo Meyer's availability was about ten minutes long, and I I filmed the whole thing as I said, but it it was in two videos. The first one was six minutes forty seconds. The second one was two minutes and forty seconds because. You know, obviously two thirds of the way through, you know, somebody I don't know if they were from the NHL or whoever, but somebody's like, Okay guys, you know, we're just gonna take a quick pause for a photo. And I'm like, a photo I'm thinking to myself, photo what? Right? <laughs> and I just so happen to be standing next to like the opening on the stanchion where, you know, Meyer came in and was gonna eventually go out. And Pavelski like cut through and like walked up and you know, obviously I was like, Okay, like this is kind of a cool moment, right? But then I was also like if I don't get a picture of this, AJ is going to be yelling at me the whole time. Oh, dude, I would have been so <laughs> tilted. And if and you... I got a picture of it, that that photo, you know, it looks weird, but like all the photos that I posted on the Teal Town account, like I was there. Like I wasn't taking a picture of a TV. Like I was there. Oh, you know? dude, that's what I'm saying. And you go back and look, and it's by far the photo the over the entire All Star Weekend. It's the one that. Uh, got all the all the likes, all the pub. Well, of course it did. Yeah. You know, and, and, and then and the it, sharks posted theirs about two hours later. So. I was gonna say, yeah, we threw our four hundred and thirty-seven likes at last look and thirty-five retweets. Um, Not bad. So yeah, I mean it. You know, it, and it, it was kind of you know the media day. I don't know how much I can get into it, but it was it was an interesting experience. It was a lot. It was very informal, you know, like guys would come up and be like, oh, I want to hear Tristan Jari talk for 30 seconds. Okay, I'm going to go over to Jay Gensel or, ooh, Victor Hedman's going to say something. It was very informal, which I kind of enjoyed. It takes takes a bit of the pressure off on trying to, you know, get stuff from guys. I, I did, um, you know, Meyer was actually, Meyer was late to the podium. And so it missed me getting perhaps a quote or a picture from Pavelski, but... You know, I was there for the Sharks. <laughs> well, was it much different than the media setup at 2019? Yeah, the 2019, there were fans allowed, obviously, and it was like a, it felt like a town hall, right? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, this one felt more like a private, like, press conference, if you will. You know, totally different venue. You know, the 2019, I don't even know what the hell that was. Some kind of... San Jose Civic. Yeah, like a cafeteria or something. And, <laughs> Wow. You know, in the, uh, you know, for Vegas, it was in like a really, you know, it was in like a, like a nice ballroom that they can converted into a, you know, a thing, a meet, like a, you know, they had different pods, um, for the players. And then the players came in groups of seven and each one took a pod. Gotcha. So final thoughts on, uh, the skills day. I thought it was fun. Um, you know, I did trying to leave the arena. I did get lost. Um, because it's wow. yeah the the it's very confusing in the bowels of the arena um but i you know what i made it home uh i thought it was really nice um really enjoyable covering an event 
in the t- the city you live in. So media day ended at 11:30, and I didn't have to be back at the arena for the skills competition till like three o'clock. So I just went home. I took a nap. Nice. You know, I didn't have to go to a hotel or go meet someone for anything. Like I just went to my house. You know, so that was obviously nice. And uh, fan fest, skills comp, any of that? Uh, w- w- was there a meal provided? <laughs> uh, well, the fan fest had a food court. I did not partake. Um, the skills competition, there was a meal provided. It wasn't my favorite, but the snacks were pretty top tier. The best gummy bears I've ever had. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And let's move on to the all-star game uh, or games. <laughs> there was a, I got There was some controversy, uh, not with the game, with me. Uh, oh, did they not so, want to let you in? <laughs> so for those, so for those who don't, for those who are unaware, there's going to be a, you know, here's a quick, uh, quick little, I guess, tidbit about, uh, you know, the hotel thing. So all the hotels, the MGM Hotel, Caesars. Station, Boyd, all those guys, they all have, you know, a rewards card, right? And so they have, you know, specifically for MGM, you know, there's Sapphire, there's five tiers. It's like Sapphire, Pearl, Gold, I'm assuming Platinum, and then I don't know what the top tier is, but whatever. And so... <laughs> the for, Evander Kane. Right. And so for for MGM, for their, their thing, uh, if you're Pearl and above, which I am... You can park for free at every MGM hotel. And there's so, a lot of them. Yeah, there is. And there, there's two of them on either side of the T-Mobile Arena, for those who don't know, and one across the street. Um, so, you know, skills competition day, I wheeled up. I'm, I'm like, I see 30 bucks to park at New York, New York. Oh, hell no. Yeah, and so guy is like, okay, hi, like it's $30. I pulled out my card. I have the pearl tier. Pulled out my card, and he was like, oh, go right ahead. Have a nice time. Like, thank you, <laughs> thank you, sir. <laughs> No problem, all good. Sweet. So then we fast forward to the day of the game, and this will kind of parlay into talking about the game itself. I wheel up. The sign says $35. And I'm like, okay, raising up the price, even though this is the same hotel, whatever. I wheel up. Guy's like, $35. I flash him my Pearl card, and he's like, oh, we're actually, you know, right now we're actually only doing the free parking for gold tier and up, which is the third tier. And I'm like, what kind of jam job is this? I parked here yesterday. And <laughs> Should so have I left was, your car overnight, Uber. And, and so I and so I said to the guy, I'm like, what if I'm a local? Because the casinos will do local deals. Ah, uh, yes. So I said, what if I'm a local? And he was like, it's still going to be 35 bucks. Yeah, we're still going to jam you. And I was like, and I was really close. I was like, very close to paying it, and then I was going to hit you up for a stipend. But <laughs> the guy was like, if you don't mind walking we're the only MGM hotel that's doing this. And so like he, I didn't, he didn't even finish talking and I just dipped my, my bread and butter for events at Timo Barina is parking at the Excalibur because it's an MGM hotel. So I get the free parking and it's like a seven minute walk to the arena. Yeah. So I was just like, I'm going to go to my bread and butter wheeled up to the Excalibur. Hey, how are you, sir? Pearl card. Boom. Right this way. Thanks for coming. And it was awesome. It was all good. Parked, walked, got in the arena and everything was okay. But I just wanted to share, you know, there was a there was a bit of controversy there trying to go to the game on uh, Saturday. But, you know, mm-hmm. well, a little bit of a jam job, but we 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 adapted. Yeah. Well, we got three games. Mm-hmm. Um, just take us through those. I'll be right back. Oh, geez. Um, so the first game, the Pacific versus the Metropolitan was 
boring. Or like the score would tell you otherwise, right? I mean, it was six to four. Um, you know, it was it was six to four. Um, the final score. So you're thinking, okay, was was an exciting, you know, mini game, if you will. But no, it was you know, it it was quick. Like it was three to one, like a couple minutes in, and then from you know, like for probably the final five minutes of the first half, and then the the first the first five minutes of the second half, it was just like not really a lot of exciting action going on. Right. And so that one kind of came to a, came to a, <laughs> a crawl, if you will. Um, Sorry. Uh, I didn't realize Amazon delivered this late on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoa. And, you know, obviously Timo Meyer, uh, getting, getting a goal and an assist for the Pacific. He was, he was, so this is a fun little tidbit. One of three players on the Pacific to have multiple points. The only player on the Pacific to be plus everybody else was minus or even. <laughs> nice. So shout out to Timo Meyer. Um, but you know, the game Pacific Metropolitan, good start, good end, very boring middle. Yeah. Um, and I'm, and I, and I actually kind of flipped through it on TV last night showed the same way on TV. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Even the, yeah, the announcers were even kind of talking about it that way. My, but again, here's the thing that uh, had me tilted, and, mm-hmm. and I was tilted the same way in 2019. Why the hell are the, is the NHL having the host division start first? Yeah, I, I had a feeling same, that was going to happen. Yeah, the same thing happened in 2019 Pacific Division plays in the first game. They get bounced in the first round. And you'll remember in 2019, the Sharks had three All-Stars. Right. And what happened? Half the building got up and left. Which is a bold move because I know like you're pissed that your team is out. But All-Star tickets were not cheap back then. They weren't cheap this year. Like I understand where you're coming from and you make a very valid point. I still would have stayed. Oh, absolutely, but it's again, it just doesn't make any sense like why don't you have the host division play in the second game? Mm-hmm. That way you're cuz I'll tell you when the Metro Pacific game ended, they were doing, you know, a few different crowd shots and I saw people in Vegas jerseys like you could see they were packing up. Yeah, you know. And I I'm, think it makes sense to give them the second period game. Yeah, like it, it it's insane. To, you know, whoever the host division, like, where was it last year? Was it in uh, St. Louis? Yeah, it was in St. Louis two years ago. Okay, so it's St. Louis two years ago. Did they have, did the Central play in the first game? Uh, let's see. <laughs> you know, I'd be real interested in knowing that because it's like, how stupid are you? So, I, I mean, 2020, 2020 game one was Metro versus Atlantic. Well, I don't. I, again, this so, is just... no. But th- this is proving your point, though. The Central got the second game. Yeah. And th- granted, the Pacific wiped the floor with them two years ago, but they still got the second game. The only reason, the only thing I can think of that the NHL says that this is a good idea is that maybe they think that they want to get people in there earlier. You know, right. maybe that kind of a deal. Whereas, like, oh. Well, you know, if, you know, they're playing in Vegas. Oh, the, well, the Pacific doesn't start until the second one, so we don't have to get there right away. May, like, maybe right. that's their deal, but it's just like, yeah, it's actually, a, for me, it's it's kind of a worse look 
when after the first game, people are like packing up shop and like, okay, let's get the fuck out of here. And then, you know, MGK comes out to a half empty building, but yeah, whatever. Um, Although could have gone half empty after hearing him, but anyway. And, uh, what I thought was hilarious, this happened, uh, the line there were I want to say between the two reviews and then just in general I think grand total between all three games I think there were five offsides. Yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> and um, what, weren't there uh, like a couple goal disputes and you know at the well, end of yeah, the Pacific? So Marsh at the end of the Pacific game, Marsh so scored to make it make it you know five for the Pacific, six for the Metropolitan. No time on the clock, and I you know even though based on the rules, it wouldn't have been a goal. I thought that they were going to get the hometown bump and be like, yeah, you know, within one, whatever. Exactly. But no, the referees were like, mm, nope, sorry. <laughs> and they ripped it off the board. <laughs> yeah. I, that, I was kind of giggling about that because, yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. Uh, Central versus Atlantic. Uh, Central, that was that was actually a far more entertaining game despite That was the, very good. Despite the score differential being a little more well, extreme. So what was interesting here, so obvious, so every player, with the exception of Kyle Connor, Kyle Connor had only one goal. Every other player had multiple points, which I thought was interesting. They literally got contributions from their whole roster. Um, <clears throat> and the stats will not tell you this. I mean, uh, 0.600 save percentage, <laughs> but Jack Campbell looked really good in this game. Like he made a lot of he made a lot of really good saves. There was a puck pulled across pulled off the goal line, which happened on the side that we were all sitting on. Um, it was this, you know, and again, same thing. You know, there's a certain level of decorum that you have in these official areas. Um, but you know, a couple of the media guys were getting pumped about the way Jack Campbell was playing. I'll say that, dude. Hear me out. I mean, if they're they're going to do this in Vegas, right? Mm-hmm. For offsides. For for some of those calls, whether that was a goal or not, they should just have like a big uh, like a wheel of fortune wheel. <laughs> okay, is this offside? And they go, oh, look at that! It landed on uh, on not offside. You get it? It's fine, <laughs> right? <laughs> that would have been cool. I mean, if they really wanted to play it up, right? Yeah. Oh, dude. I mean, you could really see. That's the thing that kind of bums me out about Vegas getting a team, just because. How great would it be if this was a thing every year at mm-hmm. where it's at Vegas? Because uh, if, if memory serves, isn't the Pro Bowl now going to be played in Vegas every year? I don't know about that. I mean, I know it's this year, but I don't know if it's every year. Well, because for, for the longest time, it was Hawaii. I was going to say, that wasn't it in Hawaii? Yeah, it was in Hawaii every time. But now it's just kind of like, boy, I, I would play this up. To say, like, you know, obviously you want to spread it around. You want to, every team should get uh, an all-star game and be able to host it. But, boy, there there definitely could be some sort of created event. Maybe, like, beginning of the season or something. Like, we're going back to the whole idea of uh, skills competition where each team sends, like, you know, their best five. And yeah, yet- I'm trying. I'm and Not that it matters, but I'm trying to see, like you know what the story with the pro bowl is i think they tried to move it to orlando so i don't know well you know nobody cares but point being but i mean it kind of adds to the lore of sports in vegas right mm-hmm. um fuck. i thought it was hilarious that for one of the intermission 
I don't even know if it was an intermission game. No, it was a stoppage game. One of the stoppage games, they had a Sharks fan participating, and this <laughs> this, this very nice young man got booed relentlessly. <laughs> and he, we posted his photo of the, well, the photo that you took of him on the jumbotron, we posted that on our Instagram, and okay. and dude evidently follows us because he's like, yeah, that was me. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and you see, like, you look at his Instagram, and it's a bunch of pictures or, or his stories. It's a bunch of pictures from him at the All Star Game. Oh, that's incredible. I'm I'm glad that I was able to capture that. Yeah, dude, so cool. I wanted to I wanted to get foot like footage of you know I I was trying to you know be quick on the buttons you know with with the filming and the and the snapping photos I wanted to get like footage of him getting booed but you know my I I couldn't get my phone dialed up in time yeah no no dude I was insanely impressed with how much information you were able to disseminate on Twitter plus the photos plus paying attention to the game no I was far better than I could have done I'll tell you that and you know what so I actually so I had my fiance kind of like scroll through the feed and kind of like, you know, have her check my work and everything. And she's like, <laughs> she said, she was like, if I didn't know any better, I would say that you had a tripod with you for all these footage. <laughs> and I go. was like, and like, and I'm normally, when it comes to cameras, I'm normally like very shaky. And so I was like, I need to be as laser focused at holding <laughs> this thing steady as I can be. You need a stipend for a gobo. <laughs> um, so empty netter for Pavs. In that second yeah. game, of course. So that was like, yay for Pavs. And then finally it ends up Metro 5, Central 3. Pavs did have a goal and an assist. Uh, wouldn't be enough. Although, of course, you know, in my house, I was just rooting for Pavs to get the game winner and, and, and you know, and a hat trick and like walk away MVP. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. It, w- it was not to be. Um, boy, it took about ABC about 10 seconds from the final horn to cut away which was insanely pathetic. It's like, didn't know who won the MVP, didn't see the check presented. They were like, you know, hey, if you want to check out the rest of this, go to ESPN.com or stream it. Oh, that's obnoxious. Oh, dude. And it was like, you were already like 11 or 12 minutes over the top of the hour. Like, you were already committed. Like, just finish it. Well, and I'll tell you what. So the the game three, Central versus Metropolitan, that, that game started out, really good a lot of speed there were actually like a little bit of battling going on and i'm like they must know that like this million bucks is on the line here oh sure um you know the i i do want to step back the machine gun kelly concert it was cool the theatrics of everything was cool not my kind of music though well you know i mean i don't mind the power pop music it's fine you know, it's it's not my go-to but it's i'm not gonna like if, if it's a decent song i'm gonna go oh, okay this you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit there. What is it? It's a bop or whatever. Sure. <laughs> what do the kids say? Yeah. What do the kids say? Uh, but for me, I'll tell you, those first three songs, I was like, is this one long song or is it three different songs? <laughs> like it all sounded the same. And we're also talking about MGK. First off, it's like, wait a minute. Wasn't this guy a rapper like three years ago? And now he's like the fucking male Avril Lavigne. Like what happened? I don't understand. Yeah, I have no idea. Um like I said, mm. his music, it's not my kind of music, but I appreciate, like I said, I I, pre, I appreciated the theatrics of everything. And obviously a lot of people really enjoyed it. So, Well, know. and it was funny to see uh, somebody posted video of him that he, you know, like came out, got on the little platform, and then they took it up just so they can then turn around and lower it for the TV audience, you know? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, one thing I did and I do kind of want to pump myself up a little bit. So at the skills competition, and I said this, 
I think um, like a tiger in our Discord, like a tiger knows I'm fond of Jordan Cairo. And I was casually thinking to myself, I didn't put it out there, unfortunately, but I was thinking to myself, like, man, like, like Jordan Cairo could be a sleeper for, for this fastest skater thing. And, and then he obviously ended up winning it. And, uh, you know, our buddies at Sinbin Vegas, they posted the odds. He was plus 1000 to win. I'm like, man, I should have threw some cash on that. You know, I should have threw that five bucks stapled to your microphone there on that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know. That was just something that popped in my head right now. Um, that would have been awesome. But I, and uh, it was pretty clear early on in the third game. It was pretty clear who the MVP was going to be. Yeah. Oh. Like I was watching it, and I'm like, it's going to be Claude Giroux, and if it's not, it's a jam job. Yeah. Well, uh, Lanico pointing out, and this is true. MGK got slaughtered by Eminem, so he became the next Nickelback. Uh, now, first off, I'm going to say I think that's an insult to Nickelback. <laughs> I actually don't mind Nickelback's music, but uh, yeah, we all. And that's the other thing too is that you know MGK came out with a diss track, and Eminem turned around and completely destroyed him with Kill Shot, and then all of a sudden, I mean, it's you know you got destroyed when you now make a whole different type of music, <laughs> you know. Right. And the other thing that I think is so funny about that to like put a a big old exclamation mark on this is that. MGK is performing at an NHL All-Star game. Eminem is performing at the fucking Super Bowl. Just, yeah. you know. A little bit different. Yeah. little, you know, the audience for, for one of those, I think is going to be significantly larger than the other one. But So, uh, you know, lastly, uh, Claude, you know, Claude Giroux won the MVP. He got the car. He was also the captain. And uh, Emily Kaplan, shout out. We love Emily Kaplan on this channel. She uh, she interviewed she was interviewing Drew and was like, oh, you know, you know, Alex Ovechkin was supposed to be the captain. He, you know, he tested positive for covid. Now you're the captain. You know, do you want to say anything to Ovi back home? Any words for him back home? And Drew was like, uh, not really. <laughs> and then he paused and he was like, I hope you feel better, I guess. Yeah. And you could tell, like. They interviewed him on on AB or ESPN. They interviewed him during the skills competition. He kind of seemed like he was like, yeah, you know, we're we're here. And then obviously that interview as well when he was the MVP, same thing. Like, yeah, you know, we're here. Um, well, I think it's because Chief wants out. I think he's. I mean, I don't know if like you watch. Maybe he, that he ends up in Calgary. With. Right. <laughs> but, you know. Um, and then kind of the last thing I have about the All Star game, and uh, you know, I did this. Or you know I was thinking about it. I have a I have a 2022 All Star module. If you're interested. Oh Jesus! <laughs> uh, just just top three. Uh, Claude Giroux, three goals, two of which were high value. Jack Hughes, three goals, one low, one mid, one high. Who who and now then, is on the COVID, by the way? Right, which concerns me for the mini Jack Hughes. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Alex DeBrinket, mid value goal, high value goal. Timo Meyer came in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11, 12, oh, gee, okay, 13, stop 14, counting. 14th <laughs> on the module. <laughs> Jesus. No, uh, 13th on the module, sorry. All so, right. uh, yeah, Pavelski was 8th, uh, if that makes you feel any better. Oh, for number 8. There you go. Yeah. It was meant to be. So, yeah, but seriously, <laughs> man, I had, I had such high hopes for the NHL moving over to ESPN, ABC, TNT. It's been worse than NBC. Like, I, I like the, mm. uh, I li I like the, uh, the, the people they have talking you know, I, I like the hosts and the talking heads more, but sure. overall coverage sucks. 
I think TNT. I think TNT is really good. I, I think they're okay. I never like with NBC. It, I just felt like I knew far more often like what the schedule, what 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 was coming, when it was going to be on. Now I I don't even know. It's NHL.com slash scores. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or it's like no, but I, uh, we visit what? our friends in Iran and, and just... right, right. No, I. You know what? I like TNT. I think TNT is much better than NBC. But I do agree with you. ESPN, ABC. It's been a bit fifty-fifty for me. I I think if they if they can get through the growing pains, I think they'll be better than NBC. But it is a bit tough right now. Yeah, just I I need to see more from and them on promotion. The chat the chat agreeing with me that TNT is really good. Oh, they're absolutely good. I just don't see much in the way of promoting games. That's fair. You know, I again love their presentation, love the personalities that they have, but. Fuck, man. It's like, when? It's so hard to know when stuff's going on. <laughs> when? That's like the perfect way to describe it. Yeah. So uh, let's... Do you have any other questions? No, I think that kind of does it all. Well, let, hey, let's uh, let's show some photos. I mean, we talked about that from yeah, earlier. Yeah, sure. Whip them out. So uh, th- this is them. What the hell was this called again? The Fountain Face-Off. Fountain Face-Off. So... But nobody took a face off. That was a stupid name. <laughs> so this photo, I snapped this photo. I want to say it was Wednesday. It was either Tuesday or Wednesday I snapped this photo. And I, I'll be honest with you. So I'm not going to say where or how far, but I, I work kind of close to this area, So which is why I was able to rip on over. I I was a little nervous about taking a photo and having some somebody from the NHL kind of carry me out of there. So like I snapped it and I bailed. Um, but yeah, you know, that was kind of the first, that's kind of what kicked off my takeover of the account, if you will. Yeah. There it is. I, yeah. I'm glad you cropped out the beer cans that were on the base. I didn't notice that until after I took the photo. Yeah. I thought that was kind of tacky. I was like, yeah. God, who the hell did that? But, uh, you know, similar to what they had in San Jose mm-hmm. and I'm sure Mitch Amaya will have already purchased this tarp that's in there. <laughs> Uh, let's move on. Ah, so the whole, this, this was from level eight of the parking garage, which I parked on. <laughs> oh, I, I, well, wait a minute. So if we go back here, so basically kind of back there, right? That garage in the background. N- no, no, no. That, so that is the parking. So that's the parking garage. So you can see the one that's in the background is the one that's in the top left of this photo. Oh, okay. Um, that's the parking garage for, um, even though it's right next to Park MGM, I think it actually is for Aria employees, if you can riddle me that one. Um, no, this parking garage, this is the New York, New York parking garage. They, uh, It was kind of weird. They had access to every floor blocked off except the top floor. So, you know, I was on floor eight, snapped that pick, and then, you know, made my way down eight flights of stairs. And I'm like, I'm not walking up eight flights of stairs. There better be a damn elevator here. <laughs> Um, there was confirmed, so that was fine. Um, cool. but yeah, that was, that was literally like, I parked my car and was like, Oh, I'm going to get a pick. Am I sure they <laughs> had the like tunes blaring out here? Yeah, they did. Yeah, of course. Entrance to the fanfare. And it, I think it's kind of smart that they put the store right by the entrance. Cause you know how it is. And it, you, you obviously know this. Oh yeah. Out the door. I want to grab this real quick, grab it and boom, you're right by the door. You know, you don't have to think, Oh damn, where's the store? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the way you play that. Mas- so mascot this, challenge. And so for this, oh, as well, same thing. So I was in the building. I got So this was on the day of the skills competition. I got I got there early. Like, I got there, like, right when the media entrance was open. So I was like, okay, like, 
I don't want to post any pictures until the official doors are open. You know, I don't want to ruin anybody's day or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to want to jam anyone up. So I was like kind of looking around. I'm like, OK, there's fans in here. I'm going to snap a pic of this. Um, dude, Chance or uh, Chance, the Vegas mascot and the the mascot for the Bruins, they were they were buzzing in this game. Like they they put on a show. You could tell that they, that this was very serious to them as as much of a joke as it's kind of meant to be. <laughs> What's his name? Blades? For Boston, I have no clue. I think so, but I don't know. Uh, let's. What see. else you got? This was, I believe, this was right after warmups for the skills competition. I want to say. I'm surprised it's not a little fuller. So I, you know what? Somebody actually mentioned that to me on Twitter, and I've seen this at every Golden Knights game I've been to as well. The Vegas, for whatever reason, notoriously fills late. Right? Like, oh, they're like they'll the, start the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah, like they'll start the pregame ceremony not looking very full, and then the lights come up from the anthem and it's full. Like, it's, hmm. I've seen this multiple times now, so I guess it's just a thing. And then finally, I mean, great shot, dude. Yeah, that was that was when Zed was doing uh, doing his opening ceremony. I know, you know, you know, kind of like the the electronic music. It's not for everybody, but I like Zed, so I actually enjoyed this. I, yeah, I don't mind Zed, and from what I heard, uh, my homegirl Amy Robbins did some opening for him over this weekend. Sure. So, I don't know who that is, but shout uh, out. She, she was a former uh, 49er cheerleader, but she's, I mean, she's done DJing for like events at uh, like the Super Bowl, like Levi mm. Stadium, all, yeah. all sorts of stuff. So shout out to Amy. Yeah. She said she was going to be there, but yeah. Yeah. I enjoy, I actually thought that was a pretty solid pick. I didn't, I didn't realize like when I got it, I'm like, man, there's a lot going on in this picture. <laughs> yeah. No, it was very cool. I, I do want to say two kind of actually two things. So, and I don't, you, I don't know if you've ever been to a Golden Knights game before. Um, I know Puck Guy has. The music during warm-ups is, like, ear-bleeding loud. You know, it's clear that they're trying to match the energy of, like, a club, right? Mm-hmm. And so for warm-ups for, for these events, it was not nearly as loud. And so I'm thinking the NHL was probably, like, <laughs> Turn it down a little bit yeah, for take, our event take, here. Yeah, take it down a notch so we can fucking um, hear people. And then the last thing, I do want to give, I'm not going to name any names, just like a general shout out. I want to shout out to the NHL for like, you know, AJ and I, we've been talking about this for the last week and a half or so. You know, they, they really did us a solid, like making oh, this happen. They bent over backwards for us. So yeah. Was really so cool. shout out to the, you know, shout out to the NHL for making it happen. I'm glad I got to be there. I, <laughs> I hope that the work that I did was enough to justify them bending over backwards for us. <laughs> <laughs> right. You didn't even piss you know, anybody so, off, so it's all good. Yeah, shout out to the NHL. All right. We we have to move on. We are running way so long. This was all that happened this week. It's okay. Yeah, I know, but I still have some stuff here. So Well, that's fine. All right. Coming up this week, well, we're off. <laughs> Thank God. There you go. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no Sharks it's, hockey it's to speak of. It's our Olympic break. Essentially, yeah. No Sharks hockey to speak of, and because, well, Super Bowl. Super Bowl. But, I will not be watching. Uh, all right, fine. But when <laughs> we speak to you again uh, two weeks from tonight, we will be catching you up on three games as the Sharks start a four straight uh, against the Pacific Division teams, including makeup games for the three that were postponed, scheduled previously in December. So in two weeks, it's going to be we're going to start with, of course, talking about the Sharks versus the Edmonton Oilers on Valentine's Day, the return of Evander Kane. 
I'm sure there will be a lot of love in the air that day. Yeah, I uh, I, I look forward to the uh, to after dark. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm assuming there it'll be it could be a little heavy that night. Uh, then they're going to take on the Vancouver Canucks. You remember the Sharks lost to them five to two in November. One of those rare losses where you go, oh, you got to win that one. And then Vegas for the first time this season. God, we're already halfway through and we still haven't seen Vegas. Or I'm sorry, the Sharks still haven't seen Vegas. Will Jack Eichel play? Remains to be seen, but I'm sure that it will be all the rage, all the talk leading into that. And, oh, look at that. We're taking over after dark at following that Vegas game because that's on a Sunday. Nice. There cool. you go. So, look, real talk here. The, the Sharks currently have a 5% chance to make the playoffs. And they also mm-hmm. refuse to rebuild. Mm-hmm. So, what can the Sharks do the rest of the season? Just keep playing the games. All right. I mean, it's it, it's, you know... When you look at the schedule, right, you know, there's, let's see, 2, 4, 6, 7, 9, 11, 13, 15. There's 16 games between now and the deadline, which feels close, but it's still like seven or eight weeks away, right? So it's kind of like, I mean, it's it's something where it's like, yeah, you're kind of thinking no, about like it. but six weeks away, dude. Well, whatever. Point being, it's still a decent amount of time away. And so it's kind of like on one hand, it's like, in terms of games played, like we're close, you know, we gotta, we kind of got to see what happens here. But at the same time, like it's only sixteen games. <laughs> it's well, that's the thing. It's only sixteen games. It feels close, but like sixteen games over six weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah, but sixteen like it's weird. Sixteen games, but if memory serves, like twelve of them or eleven of them are against packed, you know, packed opponents. That's whew. It's. I mean, let's be honest. It's all going to come down to it. It's a, because ten, ten of sixteen. There you go. And where, well, in the 10 of 16, but the thing is like all those specific division games, you are, those are going to be tough games. A lot of, most of those, most of those division games are maybe more like half of them. They're at home. Yeah. You like that. But the thing is, it's like, okay, you're going to see Seattle again. Well, you haven't figured out how to beat them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Maybe third time's the charm, dude. Could be. We'll see. Uh, Then you got to play Vegas juggernaut, right? Mm -hmm. The, going to be tough at Anaheim uh Anaheim you know you talked about them being an outlier before I agree with you I think that's a very winnable game I have it on my sheet as a win mm-hmm. uh, but then between now and the deadline three of four are played versus LA that huge uh, that's huge but the the ones that are outside of your division that you have to play Boston pretty decent team Nashville yeah, good team. Florida, best in the west or best in the east. Colorado, best in the west. And then you get what a breather against Arizona the day before the deadline. <laughs> right. I I think for these games, like the division games are critical, as you mentioned. I think specifically for games against the Eastern Conference, like you you don't want to take your foot off the gas at all, right? Yeah, but, but it's not like you're playing Buffalo, Ottawa, no, but, no, but what, Philadelphia. What I, what I mean to say by that is that if you have to go to overtime or, or shootout to get the win, do it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, against the Eastern Conference team, like you give them a point, who gives a crap? Yeah, like, that'll th- yeah, I'll give you that. But you know, this, I mean, like if you if you're not going to beat them in regulation, take it to overtime and just do it. You know. <laughs> well, eight games from the Sharks lost by one goal this time, and half of those they went over 
on the power play. Mm-hmm. In the other four, they either couldn't hold a lead or they couldn't take advantage of a power play parade. Uh, what was the... It was Seattle, right? Where they went like one for six and four yeah. of those power plays came in the third period. Yeah, it was brutal. Yeah, so you have that. Um, I mean, that's going to be the difference, right? Power play and holding a lead. Yeah, that's that's been the you know a huge issue this season. In five of six games that were played in November, the Sharks scored a total of six goals. So, mm-hmm. ag- again, coming back to the fact that offense has been hard to come by. If only there was somebody in, I don't know, Sweden that could help you. Uh, but and then lo- when it comes to the division, how the fuck do you lose twice to the worst team in your division, once to the second worst team in your division, yet you beat Calgary twice and LA once? Yeah. How it's, the hell does that happen? It's voodoo, dude. Is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the silver lining for you. March the first in Vegas. March the tenth in Los Angeles. I'm going to both of those games. So the Sharks will be getting the jerk bump on both of those days. All right. So remains, something to think about. Remains to be seen. But it's, it, it's been – it's it, there is data. It's not public data, but there is data. You know, when I've gone to a Sharks game that's outside of San Jose, their winning percentage is like over 90%, I think. Well, we're going to see what happens. But right now I just – Look, I like. I want to have some sort of optimism. Uh, then, if, then do it. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, but I'm a realist. If you if you That's like fair. to share your optimism, put it in the chat. Put it in the comment section of this video, uh, the comment section of whatever platform you're on, or just tweet me directly. Give give me your silver lining because I'm a realist. I look at this and I go, the sharks for me. If you look at the trajectory, you look at their strength of schedule that they have to face. combined when you look at with every other team in the Pacific division, this is almost an impossible hill to climb for the Sharks to make the playoffs this season. And it's that case of we're too good to really suck and get a draft pick, but we're too bad to do, to make the playoffs. Or even if for some reason the Sharks squeak in, Mm -hmm. they're too, they're going to get ceremoniously dumped in the first round. I mean, I think even if they do squeak in, I mean, it's more money and maybe it's something you build off of. I know it's not ideal, but where the Sharks have been the last two years, I think they would take a first round exit. Um, But But I'm just saying, you know, from a fan perspective, I'm kind of like, you know, fucking tank. Eh, no, you're not allowed to do that openly. You well, to, you know what I mean. You have to be developing the youth, right? No, and I get that, but it's like, okay, just lose these games. Like, I don't yeah. care if you lose them, you know, three to two or two to one, whatever. I'm I guess just, what you're trying, I guess what you're trying to say is pick a direction. Yeah. Pick either be bad or be good. Yeah. This, yeah, this, this kind of ugh, middling stuff. And remember you, as far as I know, I don't believe that they're going to get LeBanc back before the deadline. And the thing is my, my estimate was the end of February, but we'll see. Okay. But let's, let's say for hypothetical sake mm-hmm. you you're maybe if you you know if you're hopeful you're saying end of february beginning of march for lebank maybe carlson i i don't think carlson is going to be i think they said reevaluated in mid march so they could easily evaluate him and be like yeah he's not there yeah 
And so, and then Ian making the point, yeah, players don't tank management tanks by, oh, yeah, by dude, putting you could, the players out there. Right, but that's the thing, right? Is like even the worst players are going to bust their ass to try and win no matter what. Sure. Because like, because think about it, like, I, I'm trying to think of a good example here. So like, think about it on Arizona, right? On Arizona, Phil Kessel. Do they have still have a, a team? <laughs> right, like on Arizona, Phil Kessel is a pending free agent. Do you think he cares what a player what the player that Arizona drafts in three years tops out at? Yeah, no, he don't give you a No, fuck. he doesn't care. Yeah. He cares about who's on the team. Well, let me let me get back to my point is that sure. if if LeBanc is uh you know, like okay, he could come back or whatever. And let's four shits and giggles, let's say second week of March, LeBanc is is ready and maybe Carlson is starting to skate. Mm-hmm. My whole thing is if they're I don't know, out of the wild card, out of the third spot by eight, nine points. Like, is there any reason to bring them back? Well, you can't keep a player on injured reserve if they're healthy. Well, yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, don't rush it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, if they're out of it, yeah, take your sweet time. Yeah. Okay. But, like, if they have to play, like, if they are healthy, they have to play. Of course. Uh, um, Skyler jumping in on the super chat here. Thank you very much for your support. Per Emily Kaplan, Chicago Blackhawks fire AHL head athletic trainer for sexual harassment in November. Chicago is a black hole more to love. Jesus Christ. You know, we were going to bring this up, but we might as well now. If, if the, oh, well, let's finish. We'll get to that Chicago thing in a minute. Um, let's finish this. So LeBanc and Carlson, you know, you don't rush them back, but. It's. I mean, you have choices to make in 16 games, and if you're trending downward while everybody else is, you know, if you're slowly but surely losing points, mm-hmm. and again, like you're going to have this this whole set against the Pacific Division, it, you know, you it got to make a choice. Like, what what's the deal with Hurdle? What's the deal with Barabanov? What it know? all goes it all goes back to whether or not they want to resign. Like if you say, hey, the you know, by all accounts, the you know, and that's shout out to Shang, the Sharks at, at least as of a couple weeks ago were getting ready to prepare an offer for Hurdle, and as of a couple weeks ago, what Bear Banov was looking for was out there. So you know, the wheels are in motion, and you you said earlier, kind of, what's the reason to be optimistic? And I think the fact that we are six weeks away from the deadline and it's not totally absolute that those two are getting traded, I think is optimistic. Maybe you resign them and you can say, okay, you know what? We need to get our head on straight. We're going to build up and try and get back at it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my optimism. But I think with those two guys, Hurdle and Barabanov are the big ones, obviously. If you go to them and say, hey, the deadline is a week out. Are you resigning? If the answer is no or I don't know. Bye. Pack a suitcase. Yeah. And that's not to be mean. That's just the way it is. You can't lose. I mean, hurt like Barabanov, good player, but, you know, hurdle especially. Like, you cannot lose these guys for nothing. Like, I would say right now, if if the deadline comes and goes and hurdle is not traded, he's re-signing. Because as much as... (laughs) He's re-signing or Doug Wilson's getting fired? No, because he, I mean, technically, yes. But here's the thing is as much as I know, you know, like the Sharks brass, they're they're married to this team. But as married as much as they are married to the team, 
I know that Doug Wilson also has the foresight to not keep somebody he can't resign. Well, again, it's one of those things that we just have to keep on waiting on until something happens one way or the other. That's the thing is like we're kind of in wait and see mode. Like we can we can talk about it for the next five hours on Discord. Like well, nothing's going to change. But here, this is the other thing too that that kind of gets me about not seeing enough. Huh? It turns your crank. Yeah, yanks my crank a little bit. But when it comes to not seeing SAP very full, mm-hmm. I think that there are maybe there are a certain amount of fans that are going. Well, you know what? I'm on the fence, just like you guys are with Hurdle. Like, pick a direction. You know what I mean? But, Thing is, though, like, even if the Sharks do fire Doug Wilson, like, the next guy that comes in is going to have a harder time because, you know, the because the next guy who comes in is going to have a lot to work to do to get back on track. Yeah. And those, and those same people are going to say, well, we fired Doug Wilson. Why aren't we winning? Well, yeah, okay. I'm just saying. I mean, no, dude, you're read right. The Twitter, read the Twitter bio. Voice of the uninformed fan. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see here real quick. Man, we got to get the hell out of here. Uh, NBC's sports broadcast model has undergone significant changes over the last several months. When we spoke to Randy Hahn just before this season began, well, Puck Guy did. You can find it on our YouTube channel. He mentioned NBCS were planning lots of technical upgrades, and because of that, the broadcast team, you know, Randy and Brett, they wouldn't travel with the team until beyond the new year. And then, if you remember, they did that one game, I want to say in Chicago, very early. Yep. yep. And then, all of a sudden, it was... Um, they were right back to... Or no, wait a minute. That was at Chicago. No. It was right after Thanksgiving. Yeah, because Chicago's regional rights holder is also NBC. So, they were able to just plug into their system. I gotcha. So, anyway, a lot of technical upgrades. A recent report stated NBC Universal will soon unveil a direct-to-consumer con- option for its regional sports networks. And so if you know, if you're local here, you know that it, RSNs carry the Warriors, Sharks, A's, Giants, Quakes, Sacramento Kings, they all play on those regional networks. Now, there's no word yet on what that means for viewers of either NBCSN, Bay Area or California, but it's something to keep an eye on. We've, you know, before this season started, we remember the Sharks ended their radio broadcast deal with KFox. And the only way that Sharks fans can now listen to Ruzanowski in the Bay Area is by streaming games on their audio network on the Sharks app. And that's great if you have a full battery and an unlimited data plan. Yeah. But if you don't, it's kind of hard to uh, you know listen to some Sharks on the way home from work when they're you know playing outside of the Bay Area. It's I don't know. This whole direct-to-consumer thing, it's, it's weird that you see the NHL transition to ESPN, ABC, TNT, and all that. You see the Sharks transfer to the Sharks audio network. It's it's funny that they keep hiding behind this whole thing of like, oh, you know, we're trying to grow the game and grow the audience, yet it, they're making it more and more difficult for the audience to find it. Very, I don't know. It's an interesting way. Just spend a little more money on promotion, I suppose. Uh, last few, th- well, here, let's just dive into that comment, uh, per Emily Kaplan, Chicago fo- Blackhawks fire AHL, uh, head athletic trainer, sexual harassment. Now this obviously does not look good. Did this just happen? Did, th- uh, did this news came, just it, break? It came out like two years ago or two years ago. Jesus. Two hours ago it's when like, he was being investigated. It's a big fucking difference between two years and two hours ago. <laughs> okay. Well, either that, it's like that is not 
that that doesn't speak very highly after Rocky Wirtz imploded this week when asked about Kyle Beach. No kidding. Oh, I, whatever. I just I can't with the Chicago Blackhawks anymore. I was going to say it's like you don't want to like it's it's tough because on one hand you don't want to give them airtime but at the same time you don't want to let it go without carving them up a little bit. Yeah, like this th- this was a franchise that you know was like the model franchise starting in 2010, you know, you win 3 of 5, 3 of 6, the 3 of 5 uh, 6, three right? 3 of 6. 3 of 6. Yeah, you win 3 of 6, you you've got just a ridiculous I mean if you're so good up front that you can win with Niemi and Net, holy shit. <laughs> model franchise there for a while and then you come to find out what r- the real story and you're like oh my god i hope this you know team burns to the ground Ugh. um all right moving on uh last tuesday the new jersey devils wore some warm-up jerseys that paid tribute to the lunar new year and some people got triggered and they got raked on social media i don't want to get into it like you can go find out you can go look at the image and look at the jersey that the New De- New Jersey Devils wore. If you will find that if you search out things to be offended by, it won't take you long to get offended. I just think if you're if you're offended by jersey, if you're offended by jerseys that a team is wearing in celebration of a holiday, like because you your, think it put be, on your adult pants and get over yourself yeah because you think like if you if you're looking at it through blurry glasses or something that the you know that the devil's logo looks might resemble something else like that's on you that you're seeing that that's not on the devils you know no i think like anytime there's anything like like you know, people who go on Twitter and they complain about Pride Night or Black History Month or Lunar New Year or anything that's meant to be inclusive. Like, if you go on Twitter and complain about that, like, I hope you get run over by a bus. <laughs> You're right. Uh, finally here, dude, uh, The Athletic surveyed agents. Hockey agents. Man, there were there were a couple of questions there where you just kind of go, yikes. Did you get a chance to see this article by any chance? No, I did not. I I did not. Okay, so they had uh, money being equal. Which team or owner would you steer your client towards? Tampa, overwhelming favorite. Yeah, obviously. Uh, (laughs) Toronto comes in second. They got a a lot of money. Yeah, oddly enough, Philadelphia coming in at third. Dude, Comcast owns the Flyers. They got a lot of money too. Yeah. Uh, Rounding out the top five are the Islanders and the Rangers. All five of those teams are teams whose owners make a lot of money. Uh, interestingly enough, though, uh, rounding out the top ten, San Jose Sharks. And why do we think that is, class? Uh, go ahead. Because the owner makes a lot of money. Hey, now. So that was... When, a- like, uh, like but you, hold remember, on. you remember April 2020. Like they During the pandemic, when no money was coming in, they were still paid to renovate the arena. Yeah. Oh, like, big time. <laughs> Big time. The whole dude, the, the ripped out all the floor, put in the new ice plant, ripped out the escalators. Yeah, a lot was lot That's what was I'm done. saying. Like, you, you can be a crappy team, but, like, if you're that committed to your organization that you spend money to make it better when you're already losing money, like, that's attractive to people, too. Hey, now. Now, here's, the, uh, of course, the more fun question. Is there a team mm-hmm. or owner you would encourage your a client to avoid? <laughs> Buffalo. Big fucking shock that Arizona, number one. Yeah, dude. <laughs> 
Big shot. Did you see, dude? Did you see? So this whole nonsense with Arizona going to playing in Arizona State University for the next uh, three years potentially. Did you see that? In order to add some accommodations to this 5,000-seat arena to make it better for the Coyotes playing there, they have to put $20 million into it. Jesus. Why wouldn't you just – why wouldn't you give that $20 million to the Phoenix Suns and say, hey, can we share this? Or give it to the arena that you're currently in. Yeah. Like... <laughs> oh, man. Dude, give that $20 million to Hasso, and he'll be like, yeah, you can play in San Jose for three years. I don't give a fuck. Like, it, I, it's it's just so confusing to me. Like, you know, the Phoenix Suns are pretty well-rooted in downtown Phoenix. And not only that, the Coyotes played there before they moved to Glendale. Yeah. It's not like they're strangers. Yeah, it's like, really Like, give odd. that 20 million bucks to the Suns and have a respectable building. Yeah, how about it? Uh, second on the list of who to avoid, Ottawa. Yeah, not surprised. I mean, obviously, you know, it seems like ever since the, all the drama ended, it seems like their owner has been in better shape. But still, why did the drama come to begin with? Yeah. Third on the list, I think, is a little quizzical, Carolina. Yeah, dude. Their owner is so – oh, man. Well, like, evidently, the based on what the uh, article said, is that Carolina will spend on player salaries, and that's it. Yeah, they're – everywhere else, it's very much bargain bin. Like, like if you – like Rod Brindamore's – like Rod Brindmore's extension with Carolina is way below market value. And like, there are people who say that Rod Brindamore should be in the Jack Adams conversation every year. Mm. Mm -hmm. And like, like obviously like if he wants to be there, then he wants to be there. But it's like, he's such a good coach. Like it's crazy that they're just like, yeah, we're going to underpay you because whatever. Well, one of the teams, a team getting one vote about avoid this is Vegas. And well, yeah, dude, they trade everybody every it, year. It's exactly what it says. It says Vegas treats you great until they don't. They're like, <laughs> yeah, as exactly. soon as you're disposable, they're like, goodbye. Mm-hmm. And they say, you know, it's like it, that 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 might work now, but, uh, you know, winning solves everything. But, boy, if they have a losing season or two, mm-hmm. uh, how would you rate Gary Bettman's leadership as the NHL commissioner? You got uh, seven saying poor, seven saying good, six saying meh. So right down the middle. And, yeah, I think it's I think it's somewhere in the middle, but leaning towards poor. Well, and a lot of the agents, at least recency bias. Well, a lot of the agents have said it's it's largely because he's kicked our ass every time we've had to negotiate. <laughs> so of course, um, what else do we have here? Did, uh, would you have concerns about your client signing with a Canadian team? Twelve, yes. Seven, no. <laughs> Uh, was it the right decision to skip the Olympics this season? Overwhelmingly, 18 to 2, yes, it was the right decision. Wow. Um, Victor Hedman doesn't feel that way. He said at Media Day that, you know, he wanted to go to Beijing. Yeah, well, these are agents. True, but I mean, you, yeah. you know, you'd think, I, I wonder if, like, because of the anonymity, maybe some player or some agents feel comfortable going against their client. Yeah. Uh, has the NHL done enough to increase league revenues? Two say yes, 18 say no. Wow. Yeah, that's huge. Um, and see, and here's the funny thing. This goes to what we were saying. It says, the American TV deals with ESPN and Turner have led to victory laps for league leaders, but agents share the view of some other team executives who feel there was meat left on the bone and more could have been delivered. 
There are also varying opinions on the nature of the ESPN TV deal, which is heavily based on streaming and exclusive games on ESPN+. Plus. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is a direct quote from one of the agents. How the fuck do you watch every game? That's a question that I get from players, par- uh, families, and parents. When that's an issue, the TV deal is broken. <laughs> Thank you. That's exactly what I'm saying. Is how the hell do you see the goddamn game? And the other thing, this is the one that really concerns me with the agents. What about Jersey ads? And the agents, 11 said not enough. Six said just right. Three said too much. Now, I don't understand this. I guess they're basing that on what they've revealed next season will look like. Because how do you sit there and say it's it, it, that it's too much when there's not currently an ad on the Jersey? Well, but maybe that's... <laughs> You know, maybe that's what it means. Maybe that's their way of saying don't do ads. Perhaps. Um, but it says most agent agents polled think the league needs to go further and sell more than just a small patch on the sweater. It says if we can get corporate logos on there tastefully and raise that revenue a bit, everyone will be happy. I don't see any problem because I think North American sports won't go too far with it. Uh, I'm sorry. North America invented taking things too far. Are you kidding? Now, another guy said, why haven't we sold space on the pants? What about the socks? Honestly, I'd love the current setup for next season. Small ad on the jersey, but a larger space sold on pants and equipment. And it says, you know, make the most of it. Plus, if you put it on equipment that isn't the jersey, which is what fans would buy. And then the, the another agent said, why isn't the goalie covered in ads? <laughs> Says so we know he's the goalie. He doesn't need to wear the same jersey as everybody else. Sell it and make it fit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It scares the shit out of me. That I just oh, I I I don't care for that part. Uh, and then of course, does the league market their players well enough? One hundred one hundred percent said no. So great article, but uh, interesting to hear the point of view from the agents. Uh, just really odd. Really odd. Uh, let's get into our dark horses and get the hell out of here. Uh, Jerks Canucks are on life support, seventh in the Pacific, 46 points, 20, 20, and six. I don't understand how you lose that many games with that much talent, but I don't know. Is the Boudreaux effect gone already now? Yeah, I think, you know, you get the Boudreaux bump at first, right? But I think ultimately, like, I think the Canucks were just destined to have a bad year this year, and, you know, I think for their point of view, I think I think they're hoping to kind of rebuild the blue line and then come back at it next year. Hmm. Uh, AJ's Kings doing looking pretty solid, yeah, they, bro. They seem all right. Uh, dude, 24-16-7, good for 55 points. Second in the division. They are two points out from taking the lead away from Vegas. Uh, if you want to watch some good hockey, ladies and gentlemen, look up the schedules for when L.A. and Vegas play each other. I think that could be real fun to watch. I'm just saying. And finally, we'll leave you with this, our tweet of the week. Um, Going back to the All-Star game, can somebody explain to MGK that hockey doesn't have halftime? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And, of course, he got raked on Twitter. But... Well, especially because it kind of shows, like, and, and this is something that I've thought about, too, like... You know, you get you get the names that everybody's heard of, right? It's like, ooh, we got this celebrity to do our event, but it's like, 
are they a legitimate hockey fan? And that's why I know people have been bitching and moaning about John Hamm all weekend, but it's like, I like John Hamm being involved in the NHL because you know he's a hardcore hockey fan. Yeah, you've seen him with Blues games and shit. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. He's he'll he's involved even when the camera is off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same I... thing with, um like, you know, like Will Ferrell. That guy's at LA Kings games all the time. Nobody <laughs> even gives it a second look. Yeah. Oh, Matthew Perry? He's, yeah. He's been in a ton of LA Kings games. Well, uh, of course, he is a good... Christy Yamaguchi. Oh, that's true. Going to a bunch of Sharks games. She has season tickets. Hey, now. Yeah, and nobody well. even knows that she's there. <laughs> Every once in a while, camera catches her. Sure, but my point being is, like, if you, you know, if you want to get celebrity engagement, why don't you get celebrities who are, like... Educated. Down with the sport. Yeah. Because yeah. then you just look stupid, where it's like, oh, you know, you, you paid to have this big name here, and they're not even beefing you up properly. Yeah. So... Uh, to, to wrap it up here, I mean, we kind of got into those odds for the Sharks, but making the playoffs, yeah, I have them like 95% out. That's Those are the, those are the odds for me, unfortunately. Uh, a lot of pivotal games now, uh, between now and the trade deadline. And the return of Evander Kane, what do you think happens in there? Do you think anybody uh, runs them? Or, uh... No, uh, I don't. Seems I like, mean, if the Sharks are like smart, him and, they won't. Him and Ferraro. Smart, they won't care. Well, I think it seems like him and Ferraro are still boys. You got Ferraro liking his his yeah, but his you know, but dude, so many people like Instagram posts just because it pops up on their feed, you know. True, like, well, and you know, look at Ferraro. I mean, it seems like he could get along with everybody. Yeah, I just I don't know. I think he sees the best in everyone. Yeah, I don't know. I think if the Sharks are smart, they don't even look at him. They just play. Oh, uh, you don't think anybody? Uh, to, I mean, to, well, uh, let me ask you this: Do you think Evander Kane goes after anybody? Uh, same same thing. I think if he does, he's stupid. Play the game. Just you know. Yeah, but we've seen him get triggered from from Reeves. Other guys have you know have yanked his crank and it and it's it's gone off swimmingly. I'll yeah, be so, I'll I be mean, interested to see the reaction of the fans that are in the building too. Yeah, from the Sharks' perspective, I hope he does get rattled. But you know what? If he's smart, he wouldn't. It's going to be interesting to see how that works out. Uh, because remember, Evander, in that last interview or whatever, talked about you know uh, a power play meeting and shit got leaked from that. And it was like, they asked Logan. Logan's like, I wasn't even there. What are you talking about? I was injured. They asked Hurdle and he's like, uh, you know, I don't know. I was not paying attention. I just focused on game. And make sure, and I think there was somebody who said, I wonder if it was LeBanc. Well, LeBanc isn't going to be in this game. I don't know. Should be fun to see if somebody uh, gives him a run, gives him a shot. Or do you even see... here? This is the game that I would love to be at just to be there from the start of uh, warm-ups, just to see if anybody even talks to him. I sincerely doubt anyone will. Yeah, I can't see it. All right, so uh, look... Thanks for uh, checking us out yet once again. <laughs> I don't understand how we pulled this off. They played one fucking game this week, and yet we were able to ramble on for nearly two hours. Well, you know, there was a <laughs> there was a pretty big three day period where our our website was doing a lot. Yeah, that's true. Twitter was going. So you can follow him at hockey underscore jerk. You can follow me at aj underscore strong. Uh, remember to leave your take in the comment section of this YouTube video if you weren't able to play along live. So 
with that, uh, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Tell a friend. We'd certainly appreciate it. And follow us on social media at Teal Town USA. Jerk, your famous last words. I'm hungry. Let's go. Right. Uh, <laughs> okay. My famous last word. What's the silver lining from the season aside from getting rid of Kane? Hit me up in the comment section. I want to know. What's your silver lining? So remember to subscribe in all those fun places and find everything on tealtownusa.com. And as always, check out After Dark, the post-game show that follows every single Sharks game, and it does include the quotes from the Sharks media session. So that's our show. We thank you very much for watching and or listening. We will see you in two weeks for episode 152. Who do you got in the Super Bowl, Jerk? Bengals or Rams? The referees. I need to hold you to an actual answer. <laughs> Bengal or Rams? Uh, well, you know what? Uh, I'm going to say the Rams. Just Wrong! That is the wrong answer. Well, okay, whatever. I don't watch bowling, so it doesn't matter. Go Bengals.